in the style of the legendary, the electric, handsome Jimmy Valiant. Who mercy, baby? We had ourselves a good week in week 16. Now, let's do it again, baby. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the legendary folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week 17 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL season. Just two weeks remain in the NFL regular season, the mad dash, the mad sprint to the end of the season. Playoff implications abound this week, and your boy had himself an excellent week. Let's talk about it. 12 and 4 straight up in week 17. That's the kind of week that we're used to around here. That's the kind of week that we've been digging for for these last weeks and weeks on end. It feels real good to get it. 12 and 4 straight up. 134, 105, and 1 on the season, 55.8%. That number could be better, but clearly moving in the right direction here in these past two weeks, back-to-back -back weeks of double digits. Now, if you go and look at that against the spread record, you gotta love it, 11-5 and five against the spread last week, which draws my against the spread record even money on the season, 119, 119, and two. I believe that's six consecutive weeks for me now, at least at 500 against the spread. Feeling really good about a 10 and five week. And hey, the totals even worked out for me last week. 3-0 and one, got our first push on a total this year. I think exactly 46 points in, which game was that? Exactly 46 points in Pittsburgh, Kansas City. So you know what? Such is life. But 3-0-1 on the totals. 13-14-1 since we switched over to just doing the totals in those top four picks. Still like, I don't know, 27 games under 500 for the season. But I will take a 3-0-1 week on the totals any way you slice it. Had a couple of misses here in those top four picks, the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. The Chargers somehow bafflingly lose to the Texans by like 12 points. And then the Broncos losing to the Raiders, not a game I thought they should have lost, but they certainly did lose that game. Uh, I did get the totals correct on both of those games, over 45 and a half in LA Houston and under 42 and a half in Denver Vegas in the top two the platinum and the gold got them both straight up Green Bay beats Cleveland Kansas City beats Pittsburgh Green Bay did not cover minus seven and a half against the spread but at least Kansas City did cover minus nine and a half so I did get my one against the spread win in those picks right there and again pushing on the 46 points in KC and Pittsburgh what are you going to do for the first time in two weeks, we're going to look in on the Pick'em Pools, the Bridgewater's Finest, the Half Moons Against the Spread, as well as the Anti and Co. Pick'em Pools. In the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, I'm still in 19th place, 1,203 points on the season, 62.4%. I have been climbing in that pool, coming off of a week, 93 of 136 points. It's good for just over 68%. We felt good about that. The Half Moons Pool, now in 28th place out of 100, still under 50% on the season in the confidence pick, uh, points, 949 out of 1928, so just over 49%, but I am coming off of a week 
of 76 of 136, which is just under 56%. So feel like I'm moving in the right direction there. Probably not quite enough real estate to catch the folks that are at the front, but we can certainly make a good run at it. Shout out to our week 16 winners and overall leaders in the Bridgewater's finest pool. Satuple with a 14 and two week, bringing in 120 of 136 confidence points. So their two losses were relatively significant. They averaged eight points per loss, but that's still 88%, little more than 88% of the confidence points on the week. That's a good week. Anyway, you slice it. Satuple wins the week there, and Uncle BBQ Barry remains the overall leader in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, 1,364 out of 1,928 confidence points, just under 71%, trending very well. Go Bucks comes from behind in the Half Moon's picks against the spread pool to win week 16, 99 of 136 confidence points on the week, 72.8%. Then the person who was in the lead there, I believe had New Orleans in the Monday night game last night. My God, I can't wait to talk about the Saints. But uh, they got that wrong, obviously. Go Bucks came from behind, got the win in Week 16. Moby Polito, still our overall leader, 1,135 out of 1,928 confidence points. It's just under 59%. In the Ante and Co. pool, speaking of coming from behind, Satuple wins in that pool as well, but shares the win on the week with Tyler, both 14-2 and two straight up last week. It was Satuple all alone, but Satuple, again, took New Orleans in that Monday night game. That did not work out. So 14 and two straight up, it's 87.5%. It was a heck of a week. And Rams fan 412, now building, I believe, a three or four game lead straight up in this pool. 157 of 240 games picked correctly. That is 65.4% of the games this season. That is good enough to lead the way in the ante and co pool. There's our week 16 winners. There's our overall leaders. Apologize for not being able to talk about it last week, but hey, the pools are back. Take a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which is, of course, presented to you by my friends at the Dynasty Trade Calculator. So if you go to the description of the video here on YouTube or of the audio podcast file, you are going to find my affiliate link, my referral link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator, where for as little as $3, you can gain access to one of the absolute best resources online for those of us who play Dynasty Keeper and Long-Term Fantasy Football. You're going to find player evaluations, trade evaluations, rankings, podcasts, excellent experts who are on that site ready to give you their insights no matter how your league is configured. The Dynasty Trade Calculator has got you covered. So grab my affiliate link in the description below and for as little as $3, that's a cup of coffee these days, you can gain access to the one of the best tools that I've ever seen for doing this game. Coming down to the wire here in fantasy football, and I will be playing for two fantasy football championships in the 2021 season. It's neither one of the ones that I really want to be playing for. It's two of my public leagues, but I will be playing for championships, which does feel good. And that is coming off the heels of a five and one week in week 16 in fantasy. Still only trending about 8th place in both of my best ball leagues, but had a very strong week 16, which led me to a couple of championship games. 
I did pick up the win in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League in the Constellation Bracket against my friend Anthony Cormier. I will now play in the fifth place game against Max Maniacs. Right now, that is a too-close-to-call projected matchup. In the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, which may turn out to be the last season of this league, I do hope it continues, but there's a number of people that look like they're just about ready to drop out. I did pick up the win against Billy B. That was in the 11th place game. So I'm going to finish 11th out of 12 in that league. My second straight really down season in that league. So once again, I have vindication on my mind. So I'm really hoping that league doesn't fold. But I did have to win to finish in 11th place. I did just that in week 16. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you will find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up and against the spread plays in week 17, as well as my over under plays for the top four picks. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest, Half Moon's Picks Against the Spread, and Auntie and Co. Straight up pick'em pools. I believe at least two of those pools continue through the playoffs, if not all three. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page and information on my great friends and sponsors, the legends over at Nerd Tees. Folks, the holiday season has now come and gone. I hope everybody was able to just get some relaxation time in there, get some weight gain in there, eating some good and delicious food, and of course, the snacks that everybody likes to indulge on. I hope everybody had a tremendous holiday season. So the gift giving season has kind of come and gone, but let's face it, folks, there's never a bad time to give the gift of Nerd Tees. NerdTees.ca. You're going to want to go there and use my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over a hundred bucks, which is an excellent deal. And if you're one of my American listeners, one of my many American listeners, certainly on this show, you can get a great conversion rate on the U.S. dollar. Today's blend is strawberry power-up because, quite frankly, like handsome Jimmy, I am powered up from my week last week, and we're looking to continue that through week 17 and the end of the season. You can find a blend like strawberry power-up, dozens of great blends on nerdtees.ca. Use that promo code BWFINEST. You're going to save your 15%. You're going to get your free shipping. Find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. All right, without further ado, another 16-game slate to get through here in Week 17. The betting favorites have been on a bit of a roll over the last four weeks, converting at about 60% covering favorite lines against the spread since the beginning of Week 13. So that obviously goes against the season-long trend. Uh, against the spread favorites have now climbed to 47.5%, down from, like, I think, 43 and a third just a few weeks ago. We're seeing a few more overs. We're seeing some more exciting football as we move towards the end of the season let's get right into it and we're going to start things off in Chicago so we're not going to be starting off with the Thursday night game we're going to go to Chicago Bears and the New York Giants and this is one of those games where if you're not a hardcore fan of either one of these teams I'm not sure what a game like this quite has to offer for you, other than the just general fact that it is American football being played by American football players. Other than that, unless you're a hardcore Bears fan or hardcore Giants fan, neither one of these teams really has much of anything to play for right now. 
So we're going to be relatively quick with this, despite the fact that Chicago is one of the worst ball control teams in the NFL in double digits in the negatives in terms of the turnover differential, and despite the fact that they do take a few too many penalties, I am going to take Chicago in this game. I think top to bottom, their roster is just better built. I think they have the more nuclear offensive weapon in certainly in a guy like David Montgomery. I think he's probably the best offensive player on either side of this game, with all due respect to Saquon Barkley. I'm going to take Chicago here, especially given where they are at home, and I don't think the Giants have, uh, maybe they've won one game on the road this year. I know their road record is certainly not very good. So we're going to take the Bears here at home to get the win over the Giants, who are on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. However, looking at the line, Chicago's laying six points, and neither one of these teams offensively are very good. Like, Chicago has a defense when they need one, I guess, but neither one of these offenses are overly great. And it doesn't feel like you should be laying more than a field goal on either one of these teams in almost any situation. So six points is just too many for me. I'm going to hedge my bets on this one. Giants could win this game outright. So I'm more than happy to grab the six points here on the road. Giants. Let's take Chicago 13, New York 10, get through this game as quickly as we possibly can. Bears win it but Giants cover against the spread. Let's go to Cincinnati now. Very interesting matchup in the context of the AFC playoff picture. The Cincinnati Bengals at home playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs. And it does certainly look like the Chiefs are back based on their uh, play and results over the last four games. One of the best teams in the NFL. No fewer than uh, 34 points scored in their last three games. The defense is playing well with one hiccup a couple of weeks ago. Cincinnati is a good football team who haven't quite shown their best over the last couple of weeks. And that's, of course, in total due deference to the fact that they just put up 41 points on a uh, on a division rival, I believe, last week. Wasn't that the game against Baltimore? Yeah, yeah. So they just put up 41 points against a division rival. They had a really good game. And Joe Burrow, 525 passing yards, a massive performance. Joey Burrow is officially a guy. However, look, Kansas City is just on such a roll right now. And despite the fact that Cincinnati is a crazy disciplined football team that does not take a lot of penalties, one of the five fewest penalized teams in the NFL, we're going to go with Kansas City here just based on, I guess, recency bias, if you got to call it anything else. I think the Chiefs are also 4-2 and two this year on the road, and Cincinnati's been kind of a middling home team. So let's take Kansas City on the road in Cincinnati to beat the Bengals. On the line here, the Bengals are taking five and a half points as a home underdog. Now, it's worth pointing out that Kansas City's four road wins this year, in all four of those road wins, they also covered against the spread. So they're, they're four for four in those games. They're four and two straight up and four and two against the spread on the road this year. They were favorites in all of those games, I believe. I'm going to lay these points. I think Kansas City covers the number. I don't necessarily think we see another 500-yard performance out of Joe Burrow this week. And this is obviously a significant step up in competition. Don't quite think the Bengals are here just yet. But by God, they're certainly getting close. I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. The Bengals focus on de the defensive side of the ball in the draft. This is a team to be reckoned with next season. And who knows, they may even do some damage in the playoffs this year if they get there. 
but I'm going to lay the five and a half on Kansas City. Let's take Chiefs 30, Bengals 24, highly entertaining football game. Maybe a playoff preview, you never know. Let's go to Tennessee now. Titans are going to play host to the Miami Dolphins, who played last night. Picked up the win 20-3 against the New Orleans Saints, which, once again, my God, the Saints. Uh, Tennessee on the actual natural long week where they played on Thursday. Of course, there were Saturday games this past week as well. But they played on Thursday, so they will have the benefit of the actual long week. Miami on the short week and on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. And boy, you talk about a team that has completely turned around the context of their season. You're looking at the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, they struggled mightily early on in the season. Losers of seven straight games. Now winners of seven straight games. I think that's the first time in NFL history that that has happened. What a turnaround for Miami. They're doing it on the offensive side, but they're really doing it defensively. Their last four games... Aside from a hiccup a couple of weeks ago, a game that they still won, they're basically giving up like single digits into the very low double digits in points. Their defense playing exceptionally well. And once again, people can talk about, oh, opposition, opposition. You got to play the team that's in front of you. So you can't, if you want to argue with the NFL schedule makers, go right ahead. But you got to play the team that's in front of you. Miami has done that and they've done that in spectacular fashion over the last few weeks. Tennessee, I don't necessarily know that I can say the same. Look, they're getting wins. More often than not, they're getting wins as the defense had a shutout just a couple of weeks ago. But they're they're very peak and valley. They get a win, they get a loss. They get a win, they get a loss. They get a win, they get a loss. And it seems like it's been trending that way over the last month or so. The defense is playing very well, aside from a hiccup about a month ago. Look, they've only given up, I think it's 36 points total in the last three games. So the defense playing exceptionally well. This offense is struggling. It's going to be without Julio Jones again. I think they're shutting him down for the rest of the year. I believe they're also, there was somebody else I think that Tennessee was shutting down for the rest of the year on the offensive side of the ball, which doesn't bode well for a team that's only scoring 17 points a game over their last four games. I like Miami in this one. This is an upset and Tennessee's been pretty good in their own building this year. I'm going to take Miami in the upset here just based on how they're like, they're a freight train right now. Let's see if it's for real because against a team like Tennessee in Tennessee, you're going to find out real quick whether it's for real or not. I liked what I saw from them for the most part offensively last night. I think they get it done again this week. Let's take the Dolphins in Tennessee to beat the Titans. On the line, the Titans are three-point favorites at home. Obviously, since I'm taking the Dolphins to win outright, I will take the three points with Miami. Let's go Dolphins 20, Titans 17. Low-scoring game, two solid defenses over the last month or so. I just think the Dolphins get the job done. Maybe it's a last-second field goal. Miami gets their eighth straight win. Let's go to New Orleans now, very briefly, <laughs> to... Uh, See the Saints playing host to the Carolina Panthers, two of the worst teams in football, at least lately. I've been talking for a while about how I would say the Panthers are among the worst teams in the league, if not the worst. Look, they don't control the ball very well. They're very highly penalized, and they're going to be dealing with a significant injury on their defensive side. It's the first injury that we're going to talk about, and as I'm getting into that, I just want to kind of make a quick point. There were like 105 players that went on the COVID list yesterday. 
I'm just going to go ahead with the assumption that COVID is impacting every single team. This is the only time in this episode that I'm going to be intentionally talking about COVID. Because yes, players are going to go on the COVID list. The vast majority of them are vaccinated. Good chance this early in the week, a lot of those players are still going to be able to play. But assume that COVID is impacting everybody relatively equally. Because that's what you have to. Because if not, you'd be spending two hours just talking about the players that have gone on the COVID list. So I'm not going to be talking about that. We're going to assume that it's impacting teams essentially equally. When I'm talking about injuries, I'm talking about physical injuries. So with that in mind, Carolina, it's in their secondary. It's cornerback Stephon Gilmore. He's got a groin injury. Seems unlikely to play this week. The conversation is, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but they're still very non-committal about whether he'll play or how much he'll play. I'm going to dock Carolina that with the knowledge that it is possible that he does still play. But as I'm sitting right now, I think it's more likely that he doesn't. That obviously does make a difference in a game against a team like New Orleans, but th the bottom line here is New Orleans can't score because they don't have a quarterback. Clearly, Ian Book is not the answer, and he shouldn't be expected to be the answer. He was what, a fourth-round pick as a rookie. He's the third supposed to be the third stringer on this team. It, it shouldn't be his responsibility to be the guy in a situation like that. He certainly was not last night. Taysom Hill is not a guy. I'm sorry to say it. Trevor Simeon is not a guy. They don't have a quarterback. They have a defense that could arguably be capable of winning playoff games. They don't have an offense. Their offense runs entirely through Alvin Kamara, except when it doesn't. And when it doesn't, like last night, they don't have an offense. So it's very hard to have any faith in this Saints team, no matter the opposition, and I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers. This is obviously a division game. Carolina has been all right away from home. New Orleans has not been the greatest in their own building this year as a reflection of the fact that they have not had a very good season, to be perfectly honest. I'm going to just take the upset here in the division game. If Stefan Gilmore plays, that's all the better. Let's take Carolina on the road in New Orleans to beat the Saints. On the line right now, the Saints are laying seven points as a home favorite, which makes absolutely no sense to me. That's, that's betting far more against Carolina than it is with New Orleans. Whether I was taking Carolina to win this game or not, that's way too many points. So Carolina plus seven should be on just about everybody's bet card this week. But I'm going to take them to win. So I like Carolina money line, but I'll certainly take the seven points on the Panthers. Let's go Panthers 14, Saints 13. Another game kind of like Chicago, New York, where if you're not a hardcore fan, tough to see what kind of appeal this game has for you. Let's go to Washington now for a battle of the NFC East, the football team playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now the Eagles coming into this game with a significant injury on their offensive side. It is running back Miles Sanders. He has a broken bone in his hand. The team has all but confirmed he will not play this week. They're hopeful that it isn't season ending for Miles Sanders. It may very well be. They're hopeful that it's not, but he's basically all but confirmed to be out for this week. That does certainly limit the Eagles on the offensive side of the ball, but when you're playing a Washington team who defensively has not played overly well, certainly not in the last month's worth of games, they're coming off giving up a 56 spot to Dallas last week. 
But even before that, the two games before that, 27 and 27, this is an offense that is not scoring. And Philadelphia certainly is an offense that's scoring 25 points a game over their last four. And over the last three, they've scored no fewer than 27. So we got to feel pretty good about the Eagles here, whether Miles Sanders plays or not. We're going to grab Philly here on the road in Washington. Eagles beat the football team. On the line, Washington's only taking three and a half points here as a home dog. I mean, if you really like them to win, I guess I can understand that as a divisional upset. Just coming off of saying Carolina's going to beat New Orleans. But uh, I'm going to lay the three and a half points here on the Eagles. I like them to win. I think this is a two-possession game. So I have no problem laying the three and a half on Philadelphia. Let's go Eagles 28, football team 17. Competitive football game. Eagles are the better team. Eagles get the win. Let's go to Los Angeles now. Another divisional matchup out in the AFC West. Chargers are going to play host here to the Denver Broncos. Two teams going in opposite directions in terms of their discipline. Chargers take a few too many penalties for my liking. Denver, one of the most disciplined football teams in the NFL. Broncos are coming into this game on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. These two teams, kind of the bizarro versions of each other. The Chargers, an offensive juggernaut that can't stop anybody on the defensive side. The Broncos, a defensive juggernaut that can't score. As far as I'm concerned, there is no excuse for giving up 41 points and losing to the Houston Texans. I'm sorry, Davis Mills has been a good story over the last couple of weeks, but there is no excuse for losing that game. I can understand the last two losses for the Broncos. It was 15-10 against Cincinnati and 17-13 against the Raiders. I don't think Denver should have lost that game last week, but I understand it. They also, they didn't have Teddy Bridgewater also. So I understand why they lost that game. I don't understand how the Chargers could lose to Houston. I really, really don't. And that's a reflection of there is no reason to have any faith in the Chargers. It's a reflection of that fact. I don't have any faith in the Chargers and I'm not going to take them to win. I have at least the tiniest modicum of faith in the Denver Broncos on the defensive side of the football. I know the Chargers are an offensive juggernaut. I know they can score, but what happens when they can't? When they can't score, they can't stop anybody. So I'm going to lean on the better defense. Let's take Denver on the road in LA to get the win over the Chargers. Chargers are laying five and a half points here at home as the favorite. Uh, definitely take those points. I think one way or the other, kind of like Carolina, New Orleans. That's just too many points for me, but I like the Broncos to win the game outright. Broncos plus the five and a half. Let's go Denver 24, Chargers 21. Denver goes into LA and gets the win. Speaking of the Houston Texans, let's go to San Francisco now. The Niners going to play host to the Houston Texans who did pick up that big win last week, 41 to 29, a shocking win to me for Houston. And again, Davis Mills, like we've talked about, has been a good story over the last couple of weeks. Houston has scored 71 points in their last two games. That is obviously a massive turnaround from what this Texans offense has been for the vast majority of this year. San Francisco coming in off the long, long week. Obviously, they played on Thursday against the Tennessee Titans in a losing effort. The Niners come in with an injury as well, and it is an injury on the uh, offensive side, and it's probably going to be a fairly significant one. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo 
We wondered why he struggled in the second half of his game last week. Now we know why. He has a torn ligament chipped bone in the thumb of his throwing hand. His status obviously is highly in doubt for this game. There's been no official update on exactly what the plan is here. If he can't go, it's going to be Trey Lance against Houston. Is that a downgrade? I would say right now, yes. Can Trey Lance handle the Texans' defense? Yeah, I think he can. Houston, one of the most penalized teams in the NFL, so they're going to give the Niners every opportunity to dominate this game, and that is exactly what I think they're going to do. I'm going to take the Niners here at home to pick up the win over Houston. Again, really nice story for the Texans offensively over the last couple of weeks. Kind of comes back down to earth this week against a really good defense. So look, th this is clearly the best competition that the Texans have faced in this little three-game stretch here. So Niners over the Texans. Now on the line, the Niners are laying 13 points at home. This is a gross number for me, given that, of course, it's in double digits. It's only the third highest spread of this week, which is crazy. Tied for the third highest spread of this week. We got some huge ones yet to come. I think I've got to lay the points because I think this is like a three possession game for San Francisco. Whether Jimmy Garoppolo is in there or not, I think Trey Lance is capable of covering this number. So I think I got to grab the minus 13 with the understanding that as the week goes on, this number is going to get better for you if you like the Niners. So hold off on betting this one. I wouldn't be shocked if this number was closer to minus 11 or minus 10 and a half, maybe even a minus 10 by the time the game actually kicks off. That's obviously a much better number. But I'm going to lay the 13 points here on San Francisco. Let's take Niners 28, Texans 9. Genuinely don't think the Texans get too much going on the offensive side this week. So Niners should roll. Let's go to Dallas now for a marquee matchup in the NFC playoff picture. The Dallas Cowboys at home playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Arizona has a little bit of a long week this week, having played one of the Saturday games, I believe it was. Dallas uh, is obviously playing very, very strong football right now. One of the best teams in the NFL over the last month or so. Both of these teams do very, very well at protecting the football. They are both in double digits to the positive in terms of their turnover differential this year. They don't give up a ton of turnovers. They generate a bunch defensively. Arizona has been markedly better on the road this year than they have in their own building, which I think will probably wind up being their downfall eventually. They get a home playoff game. They haven't performed overly well there. Neither team uh, is overly disciplined Dallas one of the five most penalized teams in the league Arizona pretty darn close to that as well so there will certainly be opportunities from a penalty perspective for one team to take an advantage over the other Dallas has been playing far better than Arizona has over the last month or so but again, given the Cardinals' propensity to play really good football away from their own building, maybe it's something about the pressure of playing at home. Who knows? They're a little better rested. I am going to take Dallas to win this game. They've been very strong in their own building this year as well. So I'm going to take Dallas to win, but against the spread, I am hedging my bets. Dallas is laying five and a half points as the home favorite in this game. I'm going to take Arizona plus the five and a half. As a underdog on the road this year, Arizona's 5-0 against the spread. 
I think they're seven and one straight up, but they're five and zero as a dog away from home. So I, I got to take those five and a half. If this was closer to like a three, I'd probably lay it on Dallas, but it's five and a half. Got to take that on Arizona in a game that they could win outright. Let's go Dallas 31, Arizona 27. Close, competitive football game, maybe a playoff preview. Cowboys get it done, cards cover against the spread. We come up now on our third game this week where there's probably not a ton of motivation to watch it if you're not a hardcore member of the fan base, and that is the Seattle Seahawks at home playing host to the Detroit Lions. Obviously, Detroit has struggled mightily all season long. Only one, uh, only two wins on the season. Detroit and Jacksonville are right there kind of jockeying with each other for the potential first overall pick. Detroit takes a few too many penalties for my liking. They are also on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games coming into this game. The Seattle Seahawks, obviously, this is a very disappointing season for them. You had Russell Wilson with his injury issues, missing the playoffs for just the second time, I think, in Russell Wilson's tenure as their quarterback. Defensively, they've been playing rather well. Uh, over the past month's worth of games. They did give up a 25 spot last week in a losing effort, but other than that, they've been playing rather well. And the Lions don't look now. Their defense the last two weeks, they've only given up 32 points in total. The offense has been kind of peak and valley, but they've been showing that they do have some upside in, you know, a couple of wins that they've gotten over the last couple of weeks, 29 to 27 and 30 to 12. It's nice to see that Detroit is at least showing that they've got some fight. They've got some fire in them, even though obviously this is a lost season for them. I'm going to take Seattle to win the game straight up, even though Seattle hasn't been the greatest in their own building, which again, that's usually the formula for the Seahawks. Win most of your games at home, go even money on the road, and you're probably going to make the playoffs, but hasn't been the case this year. I will take the Seahawks to win the game at home. I think there's just a few fewer things going against Seattle than are going against Detroit. However, against the spread, Seattle's laying six and a half points. Um, no thank you. Seattle and Chicago in this context are not that different from each other, and Chicago just beat them last week. So not going to lay the six and a half, going to take the six and a half points on the Detroit Lions, just too many points to lay on this version of this Seahawks team. Let's go Seattle 23, Detroit 20. I guess watch it if you want to. Let's go to Baltimore now for what probably should be more of a marquee matchup than it has wound up being this year. The Baltimore Ravens at home playing host to the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Rams are on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games themselves. One of the least penalized teams in the NFL uh, somewhere in the top five, I believe, in terms of least penalties taken. Baltimore uh, are now down with the worst teams in the league in terms of controlling the football. They cough up the football so much, and they're not generating turnovers on the defensive side. If Baltimore, if their defense was generating turnovers, you might be able to look at a game like this, and maybe this is an upset play for you. You get take one score away from the Rams, get one more score on Baltimore's side. Maybe you can look at this like an upset play, but they're not doing that, and the defense has not shown an ability to do that really all season long. Defense not playing very well over the last couple of weeks. 
offense has been kind of eh, it's kind of there but it's kind of not I just don't think this is the team that's going to beat this Rams team right now so obviously very heavily on the Los Angeles Rams this week in Baltimore let's take LA to beat the Ravens on the line, the Rams are only laying three and a half points here as a road favorite. This is a two possession game to me all day long, so I have no problem laying the three and a half on Los Angeles. Let's go Rams 30, Ravens 20, Rams cover the three and a half. Let's go to Green Bay now where my Green Bay Packers are going to play host to division rival the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously the Packers have wrapped up the NFC North. I believe they were the first team to wrap up their division this season. They still got stuff to play for. They still want to have home field throughout the NFC playoffs. I believe Green Bay and Tampa Bay might have the same record right now. So obviously still a ton for Green Bay to play for. Minnesota does have the opportunity here to play a bit of a spoiler to a division rival. The Packers have a bit of a long week because they played on Saturday, so they get a little bit of extra rest time. One of the best teams in the NFL in terms of both taking the fewest penalties and some of the one of the highest if not the highest turnover ratio to the positive in the NFL this year. So Green Bay will not make the mistakes. They will force another team to have to beat them. Now Minnesota in their own right have been very good this year in terms of their turnover differential. One of the better teams in the league, not in the double digit range, but one of the better teams in the league but they are one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. And that is just one of those things where, especially against a player like Aaron Rodgers and a team like the Green Bay Packers, those little mistakes are going to kill you. They're going to wind up being points on the board. We saw it in the game last week, where uh, the game against Cleveland, where Cleveland turned the ball over three times on three Baker Mayfield interceptions. Green Bay turned them into 21 points. That was the difference in the game, or else Cleveland probably would have won that game. Minnesota is a team that makes mistakes in the discipline, and I believe Green Bay will make them pay for it. Minnesota's been basically the model of a good team over the last month or so worth of games. Yeah, they lost last week, but they had two straight wins before that, uh, only a couple point loss the week before that. Their defense has been good. Their offense has been good. So they're, they're basically just the model of a good franchise at this point in the season i would say green bay has been playing at a higher level than that we're definitely going to take the packers here at home to get the win over the vikings on the line packers are laying six and a half points here as a home favorite i think it's a two possession game and a very high scoring game as a matter of fact two possession game i'm going to go ahead and take the packers minus the six and a half points let's take green bay 41 minnesota 24 neither one of these defenses have been setting the league on fire again i said minnesota has been good green bay i need to see more from them based on what they've done lately i think there will be plenty of opportunities for points i just like green bay to get a lot more of them and the last game we're going to look at sees a battle of the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers at home playing host to the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland, like we just mentioned, a close game against Green Bay last week. So they have the benefit of a slightly longer week having played on Saturday. Cleveland also on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games coming into this one with the Steelers. 
Cleveland definitely getting the better of the play lately, and that's more so on the defensive side of the ball. This offense has really struggled to score points, as has Pittsburgh's offense struggled to score points. Defensively, got to give the edge to Cleveland over the last month or so worth of games. Pittsburgh just coming off of giving up 36, but it was also to the Chiefs, so you have to consider the source. They also gave up 36 uh, three weeks ago. That was to the Vikings. Originally, when I capped this game, I felt very comfortable taking the Browns to get the win here. They've been the better team over the last month. They've been the better team basically on the season as a whole. Then I looked at the records. Cleveland has not been good away from home this year. They've only won two of their seven games on the road this year, whereas the Steelers have only lost two of their seven games at home. Say what you will about the Steelers season, they've gotten the job done in Heinz Field. I like Pittsburgh in the upset here. I think it's weird to say Pittsburgh at home is an upset, but it is certainly against the spread. We're going to take Pittsburgh here at home to get the win over the Browns. Again, don't really like the Browns on the road. And if they do make the playoffs, they're likely going to be looking at road games. I don't like their prospects potentially heading into the postseason. Let's take Pittsburgh to get the win at home against Cleveland. On the line, Steelers are taking three points as a home dog, as I just mentioned. I like them to win outright, so I will go ahead and take the three points. Let's go Steelers 23, Browns 21. Okay, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 17 in the NFL. We're going to start at the bottom with the bronze pick. 13-3 and three straight up, 11-5 and five against the spread, and 9-7 and seven on the totals. The bronze pick this week sees the Buffalo Bills at home playing host to the Atlanta Falcons. There's some blowouts in here, folks. I'm not going to be, I'm just going to kind of bury the lead a little bit. We got some blowouts here in these top four picks. The Bills take a few too many penalties for my liking, but they're just not making mistakes in terms of protecting the football. One of the best turnover ratios in the NFL this year. Uh, Atlanta, they're kind of middle of the pack. They've done okay, but they're not a team that I would look at as a team that's overly dangerous in terms of generating turnovers with their defense. Their offense continues to struggle. Their defense has been middling lately. And Buffalo, kind of like Minnesota, you could kind of call them the the pure definition of a good football team over the last while. The offense has been good. The defense has been good. They're coming off of a very emotional win. I just don't think Atlanta's going to be able to put up the kind of fight to call this like a letdown game. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Bills here. At home, Buffalo beats Atlanta. On the line, the Bills are laying 14 and a half points here as the home favorite. This one feels kind of gross to me. I have to lay those points. I think this is a three possession game. And I think the 14 and a half hits. I don't think it hits by a ton, but I think it hits. So kind of got to hold the nose a little bit because, I mean, I don't necessarily think Buffalo is this team right now, but I had to go with the numbers on this one and I think it hits. So we'll lay 14 and a half on the Bills. Total in the game is set at 44 and a half. Pretty darn good total, but I'm going to stick under on it because I really don't know what I'm going to get from the Falcons on the offensive side. So we're going to go under kind of a middling number of 44 and a half in Bills Falcons. Buffalo straight up. We're laying the points with the Bills minus 14 and a half under 44 and a half points. That is the bronze pick. We're going to go Buffalo 30, Atlanta 13. 
My silver pick run 12 and four straight up seven and nine against the spread and just five and 11 on the totals this year sees the New York Jets at home playing host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, Bucks are dealing with an injury before you immediately go, well, yes, this is a blowout and it's not an insignificant one. It's on the defensive line and it's Shaq Barrett. He's got a knee injury that has now been confirmed as an ACL and MCL sprain. Uh, Not considered major reportedly, but he likely sits the rest of the regular season in preparation for Tampa Bay uh, going to the playoffs. That does kind of increase the upside here for the Jets offensively, but it doesn't change the fact that the Jets don't protect the football. One of the worst teams in the league in the turnover differential. The Bucs, one of the better teams in the league with the turnover differential. They are on the tail end of back-to-back road games. I like Tampa to get a big win here, so we're going to take the Bucs on the road in New York to beat the Jets. On the line, Bucks are laying 13 points here as the road favorite. This smells like a blowout to me, so that's the way that I'm going to go with it. Let's lay the 13 points on Tampa Bay. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points. I think Tampa might push covering this number on their own. We'll get something out of the Jets on the offensive side. I think the number goes over. So we're going to go over 45 and a half points in Tampa Bay, New York. Bucks straight up. We're hammering the Bucks minus 13 against the spread in a game that goes over 45 and a half points. That is the silver pick. Let's go Bucks 38, Jets 13. My gold pick where I'm 11 and 5 straight up, 9 and 7 against the spread, and 8, 7, and 1 now on the totals, sees the Indianapolis Colts at home playing host to the Las Vegas Raiders. And if you ask me the question of, Justin, are you convinced by the Raiders' win over Denver last week? I'll say, no, clearly I'm not, because they're in the gold pick and it's not going to be favorably. Colts are going to have a slight rest advantage here, having played on uh, uh, Saturday. I was about to say Thursday, but played on Saturday. And look, they are the model of a team that does not make their own mistakes. They force a team to have to play well enough to beat them. Certainly over the last couple of months worth of games, they've really been on a roll lately. The turnover differential is immaculate. The penalties are immaculate. They're not taking them. One of the least penalized teams in the league. They're in double digits in the turnover differential. The Raiders, one of the lower teams in the league in terms of the turnover. So they will cough up some turnovers in this game. And one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. Just two teams going in exact opposite directions. I'm on the Colts here all day long. Indianapolis with a big win over the Raiders. On the line, the Colts are only laying seven and a half points here. I think this is like a three possession game. So I'm more than happy to take those seven and a half points. That's one of my favorite plays against the spread this week. Colts covering minus seven and a half. Totaling the game set at 45. I think this game just barely squeaks into the 50s. So I feel okay going over 45 points in Raiders Colts. Colts straight up, we're hammering the Colts minus 7.5 against the spread in a game that goes over 45 points. That is the gold pick. Colts 37, Raiders 14. And the platinum pick where I am 12-4 straight up and 7-9 and both against the spread and on the total sees the New England Patriots playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I don't know if I've ever done what I'm about to do. Uh, Jags, one of the worst ball control teams in the NFL. Again, double digits to the negatives in terms of their turnovers. They're on the tail end of back-to-back road games. 
and they're trying to navigate the fact that James Robinson will miss the rest of the regular season and kind of be a question mark for next year, quite frankly. He tore his Achilles out for the rest of the year. He will probably struggle to make it back for the beginning of next season, which probably reopens the door there for Travis Etienne, who they drafted back at the draft. And then, of course, he got injured and couldn't play at all this year. Probably opens the door for Etienne. That'll be kind of an interesting running back by committee heading into next year once Robinson is able to go again. I'm not going to hold it too much against the Patriots that they lost that game last week, although that is now back-to-back losses for New England, and the defense isn't quite looking the same as it was looking for the previous month. They've given up 60 points in total over their last two games while only scoring 38 So they have kind of come a little bit back down to earth, but there is nothing better, nothing better for a team that's coming back down to earth than getting to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. So obviously on the Patriots here in the platinum pick, and I can't wait because once again, I'm doing something here that I don't know that I've ever done before. On the line, Patriots are laying 15 and a half points as a home favorite. I think this is like a three possession game. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the 15 and a half points. I feel much better about laying them there than I do with laying them with Buffalo. Weirdly enough, because Buffalo has been playing better lately than the Patriots have. But again, you got to look at the competition. So we'll lay the 15 and a half points. Total in the game set at 41 and a half. I got to stick under on it because I think this is a very low scoring game under 41 and a half points in New England, Jacksonville. Patriots straight up were laying the 15 and a half points with New England in a game that stays under 41 and a half points. That is the platinum pick. And here it is. Patriots 23, Jags, no score. I don't think I've ever predicted a final score with a team scoring zero points. I've predicted plenty of threes. I don't think I've ever predicted a zero. The Patriots defense rebounds from the last couple of weeks and pitches a shutout against Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. That's my prediction for my platinum pick. There you have it, folks. The week 17 picks are in and it is now time for the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week from the week 16 episode goes to Jason, the world is yours, who will periodically pop into my comments just to say, let's go. Uh, this team, this team, and this team. So if he feels real passionate about certain games, he'll pop in and he'll just say, yeah, let's go these teams. And I'm going to give him props because he picked three winners uh, last week. So it was, let's go Dallas, Bucks, and the Packers. The Packers certainly made things interesting for him, but Dallas obviously had a big blowout win. Tampa Bay had a big blowout win and the Packers got the job done. So Jason, the world is yours and yours is also the comment of the week from the week 16 episode. There you have it, folks. Week 17 is now in the books. And for the first time ever in the history of this show, we will have a week 18 episode, which will air next week. And again, I hope everybody had a tremendous holiday season. Whether you celebrate Christmas, whether you celebrate Friendmas, whether you celebrate Festivus, whether you celebrate whatever you celebrate. I hope you had a great time over this holiday season. I hope you got to relax. I hope you got to see as many people as you, you know, possibly could with, you know, safety and all that fun stuff. But I hope you had a great time. I hope you're really excited about this mad dash here to the end of the NFL season. 
Playoffs are just a few weeks away with Super Wild Card Weekend coming up on the horizon. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching as always. We will see you again for our first ever Week 18 show. What do you think, handsome Jimmy? Who mercy, baby.